Welcome to Shortcut to Sunday. I'm Ben. And I'm Bruce. And this is your podcast for November 20th, 2022. The Reign of Christ, Proper 29 in Year C. And we are coming to you not live on behalf of Holy Family Episcopal Church in Fishers, Indiana. Bruce, how are you today? I am dandy. Dandy. All well, right. You seemed to criticize fine last week, so I moved it up a notch. Oh, well, then allow me to criticize dandy uh, so that we keep you uncomfortable. Uh, yeah. Uh, um, uh, so, as we're recording this, like, I, I, I left for a family trip uh, 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 and uh, it was 60 degrees, and I came back and there's snow on the ground. What'd you do? I looked at. <laughs> I looked at the photos from one of our daughters who is in Hawaii for a friend's wedding, and she literally sent us photos of her surfing in 80-degree weather. So Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. But I love snow, so I did sit dreamily looking out the window as it came down, as I thought out from the parish workday Saturday morning where <laughs> it was chilly <laughs> and snowing. We did we did pick quite the day, didn't we? Yeah, um, but we got a lot done. Many thanks to everyone who helped. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, then, yeah. Uh, then, then uh, we're we're ready for like a new week. Then uh, uh, maybe maybe warmer warmer this week. Can you do anything about that? Uh, is that... I am in sales, not management. <laughs> Fair, I suppose. Old joke from clergy. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness! Well, uh, uh, what what do we have going on at the church then? Uh, what do we what do we want to uh, uh, highlight uh, on our on our to do list here in the next few weeks? Well, we're collecting um, groceries to help some families out to have a so they can have a full Thanksgiving dinner. You can read about that on the parish website and sign up to share things. We have um, in the first Saturday of December, I think it's the third. The annual breakfast with saint nicholas yep that includes malareiro displays and activities for kids just and, like it has for ages ages of past yes uh, <laughs> ever saint since, nicholas night and model railroads <laughs> ever, ever since the wise guys visited jesus with gifts <laughs> there have been trains <laughs> yep 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 no 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 no, that's that. anyway. It's a blast. Oh, and the kids love it too. Yeah, the kids absolutely love it. So definitely looking forward to that. Um, and uh, I'm trying to remember: Are we still doing uh, movies with the social conscience, or have we finished that series? The, the, those are now switching to a quarterly basis. So gotcha. No more this calendar year. Um, we do have ongoing on Sunday mornings the discussion of Bishop Tutu's book, the Book of Forgiveness. Okay. Um, can recommend it highly whether you come to the discussions Sunday mornings at nine or just want to have some really helpful reading about how to, to deal with the hurts of life. Mm -hmm. The yeah. book of forgiveness. Yeah. So that's the nine o'clock uh, educational hour. Mm -hmm. Cool. Very good. Very good. Uh, well, then let's uh, let's move to our uh, this day in church history. Um, our first event goes back to 303 A.D. Uh, uh, on uh, November twentieth, uh, because his prisons are full, Diocletian offers amnesty to all Christians who will sacrifice to the Roman gods. Uh, the entry does not say how that turns out, but I'm pretty sure I have a guess. I bet it did not turn out well. Uh, yeah, no, I have a, I have a feeling. Um, I think his prisons got less full for 
in the as hard, a as hard a response <laughs> as a response yeah um uh 870 is the it's not 100 known but it's the traditional date in which we recognize the martyrdom of edmund king of the east angles uh danish invaders had offered him peace at the cost of renouncing christ but he refused staying with a the theme uh fighting to preserve his throne and his face uh captured unfortunately he was tortured and uh murdered uh but uh yeah he's but, on our saints the episcopal that, church that's saint the list. authority for the date it does come from the episcopal church oh sweet uh 1542 at the urging of bartolomeo uh, de la casas spain passes new laws to protect american indians what year was that 1542 yeah they didn't it wasn't terribly long after that that their empire the spanish empire started to get smaller so mm. that influence sadly decreased mm -hmm, mm -hmm. as the british and the the americans started to be mean <laughs> our turn um, yeah uh 15 oh you're not gonna torture that we'll torture that <laughs> We are great. Uh, 1583, ecumenical patriarch Jeremiah II issues a Thomas, which I'm not uh, fam familiar with, so we'll circle back on that, on the question of the Gregorian calendar, which the Orthodox Church rejects uh, and sticking with the traditional Julian calendar, uh, but uh, issues a Thomas, uh, capital T-O-M-U-S. I'm not sure I've um, come across that, uh, that, that phrase before. Uh, or that term before um is it a just a it's a statement uh, yeah, maybe it's you know a tome oh okay okay so, a tome for for us yes therefore to thomas because it, it's latin okay La that's the latin form of it and it's doesn't have the same authority as some of the fancier named um documents but it, this was almost civilization changing mm. changing these calendars um and what year was it again uh 1583 okay and it took well over 100 years even for the people who thought it was a good idea to make the shift okay okay uh, sticking with the julian calendar or or which did we end up uh, end up gregorian. with we ended up with the gregorian okay yeah um and so, okay, this is completely trivial but entertaining to me. That's that this podcast in a nutshell. Go for it. That's right. <laughs> that in uh, the one of the more famous churches in New York City, the church that's Episcopal Church that's called Trinity, that's on Wall Street, it's a lot of people call Trinity Wall Street. There are tombstones that list the dates and then in parentheses afterwards say in beautiful script old style oh and that has to do with that shift that whether the dates were julian or gregorian hmm hmm and in that case they were julian old style and it's why our church calendars uh, between the western christian traditions and the eastern orthodox traditions are a bit off hmm interesting yeah that is interesting uh, uh, didn't, didn't realize. So, uh, so, so does this, this entry, does this imply that, uh, uh, Patriarch Jeremiah the second, uh, was on the, uh, winning end of the argument or the losing end of the argument? Cause it says he issued a Thomas on the question of the Gregorian calendar with the Orthodox church rejects sticking with the traditional Julian calendar. It sounds like he was in Julian. favor of the Julian, so yeah. therefore lost, right? 
Well, it depends because they they're still using the Julian. It just mm-hmm. is pretty inconvenient. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. It was not the prevailing. No, yeah, gotcha. civilization worldwide. It has not been the prevailing view. Gotcha. Uh, 1652, the king of Wari in Nigeria writes the Pope, pleading that missionaries be sent to his country. In response, the Pope will dispatch Capuchin friars, C-A-P-U-C-H-I-N. I'm not, I'm assuming that's a region, uh, that I'm just not placing. It's a religious order. Oh, it's a religious order. Just not a, okay. Okay. Just not one of the big famous ones. Uh, who will crisscross the small country for four years. Um, 1850, Francis... And then in quotation marks, Fanny J. Crosby because, becomes a, Chris, a Christian following a disconcerting dream in which a dying friend makes her promise to meet him in heaven. Attending a Methodist revival service, she seeks assurance at the altar and she is flooded with joy and leaps up, shouting hallelujah. She will go on to write hundreds of beloved hymns such as Blessed Assurance, Jesus is Mine. So Fanny Crosby. Mm-hmm. Uh, um as her moment there. Uh, 1870, uh, Amanda Smith. Uh, I, I had to just it, I had to just read this one just because of the way it's worded. 1870, Amanda Smith, feeling dull, <laughs> sees a vision saying, go preach. She becomes a well-known African-American evangelist who travels worldwide. I just was. It, it, what an odd word. Yeah. So, so on this day in 1870, she had her vision. But I just thought it was interesting that <laughs> the entry is like feeling Humdrum. Yeah. And, <laughs> and bored. Way bored. <laughs> no more checkers. I'll have a vision. Uh, 1904, George Jeffries is converted in a revival at Shiloh Independent Chapel in, uh, in Wales. He is healed of a speech impediment and will go on to become a leading Pentecostal evangelist. And then uh, lastly... Um, in a in a disconcerting way to end uh, this day in church history, history 1938, Father Charles Coughlin, a Canadian-born Catholic priest and populist radio broadcaster, uh, and, and an ardent supporter of Franklin Roosevelt, begins defending Kristallnacht, a, a Nazi attack on Jewish property, as a necessary retaliation for Jewish atheists and the communist government of Russia, which had killed millions of Christians and confiscated Christian property. He would consistently blame both the Jews and communists for the Second World War, rather than the Nazis who actually launched it, and his magazine was called Social Justice. So did, did it really say supportive of FDR? Yeah, ardent supporter of Franklin Roosevelt. Yep. I did not I did not know that piece. I knew the rest well, of the Probably because FDR was like, no thanks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're not ta- we're not promoting that. I don't care about that. I don't need that. Yeah, because he he was within the United States, he was a Nazi sympathizer. Mm-hmm. And until right up until Pearl Harbor, he was appearing at Nazi U.S. Nazi events. Lovely. And after that, he was he was not appearing mostly because it was going to affect his radio ratings rather than any huh. um, belief issues he had. Gotcha, gotcha. So yeah, uh, lovely guy. Uh, sounds Jerk. sounds fantastic. Um, <laughs> so, anyways, let's uh, let's move on to our readings for the day. Our first yes. reading comes from the book of Jeremiah, chapter twenty-three, verses one through six, and it reads. Mm-hmm. 
Woe to the shepherds who destroy and scatter the sheep of my pasture, says the Lord. Therefore, thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, concerning the shepherds who shepherd my people, it is you who have scattered my flock and have driven them away, and you have not attended to them. So I will attend to you for your evil doings, says the Lord. Then I myself will gather the remnant of my flock out of all the lands where I have driven them, and I will bring them back to their fold, and they shall be fruitful and multiply. I will raise up shepherds over them who will shepherd them, and they shall not fear any longer or be dismayed, nor shall anything be missing, says the Lord. The days are surely coming, says the Lord, when I raise up, uh, when I will raise up for David a righteous branch, and he shall reign as king and deal wisely and shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. In his days, Judah will be saved and Israel will live in safety. And this is the name by which he will be called. The Lord is our righteousness. Um, if I'm not mistaken, actually, we've had this reading uh, sometime actually this year, I want to say. I'm almost sure we did. Yeah. Um, uh, but it's the reign of Christ. Uh, uh, um, um uh, reading, uh, uh, so we we have a because this is basically the end of the year, end of the end of the lectionary yeah. calendar yeah. year. Um, so it's how they it's how they want to end the year, and that's how we're going to end the year. Um, so uh, there's no um, fighting city hall. Exactly. So um, well, let's let's uh, let's kind of do as far as I can recall best, uh, kind of a little bit of a recap of at least what we talked about. Um, because we talked, we, I seem to remember us talking about how it's interesting that, um, the language in this reading imply that while there's, um, there, there's definitely some condemnation here, uh, uh, towards, uh, in individuals and how they have managed things or mismanaged things, uh, God seems to take, uh, um, responsibility for, how things uh, uh, kind of played out um, because he says, uh, I will bring them back to their fold and they shall be, Oh wait, no, no, I will, I will, I myself will gather the remnant of my flock out of all the lands where I have driven them. So even though that the, the, the shepherds in this story uh, are responsible, uh, kind of an implication that God uh, was still with them no matter what, and was kind of guiding uh, where they went, or at, le at the very least knew where they went and was still protecting them through it all. Yeah, the the Hebrew there, I don't think is as direct as this, the English translations tend to be. That I think it, it more indicates God's ongoing care, even when they were um, driven away. Mm -hmm. um, but... Obviously, I've never won that argument. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it, uh, it, and it definitely does start off in such a way where you're like, wait, how are like this is how is this a thing? Like, woe to the shepherds who destroy and scatter the sheep. Those aren't that's you're doing it way wrong. Like that's <laughs> you know that's not shepherding one right. one. You 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 failed the test right out the gate. Like that's mm -hmm. that's that's not it at all. Um, so it's it, it's interesting that the the imagery to me at least that the imagery is of a shepherd and their flock when clearly the argument is <laughs> such an utter uh, and complete failure. That's cows. There, there you go. There. <laughs> uh, um, 
Fair, 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 fair. I see it. I see it now. Um, but you could probably do better. <laughs> oh, we're just gonna end right here. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but yeah, it, it, it's it's. <laughs> It is, uh, it is, it is the opposite of what I of what that, yeah. that role is supposed to and, do. And what it's referring to are um, quite a few generations of kings of Israel mm-hmm. of how thoroughly they have not listened to God, and consequently, um, the, the people are in much worse shape yeah. than God desired. There's also a possibility that the reason that the the uh, folks in this reading are scattered is as is that that's how God protected them mm. from the corrupt kings. Oh, okay, okay. So it was all done with a plan, kind of a kind of a, kind Could of an be, idea. Yeah. Okay. Um, I also find it interesting and worth pointing out that generally speaking, shepherd you know, the imagery of shepherds and flocks and uh, is is quite common in the Bible. You're right. Uh, it is interesting, I note, uh, that in this reading, God's not the shepherd. Like, God's, right. not, God's the not the answer yeah. to, to these bad shepherds. He's not saying, I'm, you know, yeah. I'm the real shepherd. I'm the, he, he goes on, uh, the, the, the passage attributed to, to God speaking here uh, goes on to say, I will raise up shepherds mm-hmm. over them. So he's just he's he's identifying that uh, God is identifying that the the shepherd uh, the shepherd thing works. It's just yes. not with these guys. We yeah. need a new round. We need a new batch. Uh, they're going to go through training. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> careful onboarding. There will process. be a test. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> careful onboarding process. We we did add uh, you know we did add more benefits, so we're getting much better round of candidates this time around. Uh, yeah, no more plundering of your own feet. <laughs> right. Um, but but I do find that interesting that, that a lot of the imagery that it, around the Bible and uh, shepherds and flocks do involve God or Christ being the shepherd. Right. Um, but that's part of the part of the teaching technique of Jesus is to start to take on that imagery mm-hmm. which really is then driving home who the ultimate good shepherd is mm-hmm. but most people say wait a minute that's not how we've used this before mm-hmm. the, the the shepherd over the people is you know, king david right and, right and this list of yeah god's the owner of the flock yeah he's you know the shepherds work for yeah for god and so that that's part of the movement of Jesus from our awareness of Jesus being human being to being divine mm-hmm. and Jesus t- even redefining divine okay, as not needing intermediaries, shepherds, kings, but instead being able to directly pastor the people. Hmm. Hmm. Um, I, I do want to ask there in verse five, we have a capitalized word in the in the word branch um and it, it, it the the context around that the days are surely coming says the lord when i will raise up for david a righteous branch uh and i'm curious as to why we saw fit to capitalize oh that's a very good question um that commentator doesn't care 
And I think, okay, there it is in Hebrew. I think I remember another question that I had asked, and I actually don't remember the answer to it, so I'll ask it again. Um, it'd be okay. It'd be interesting to see if if I had my Jewish Bible here, whether it's capitalized there. Okay, because um, the commentary on the Hebrew. Uh, which is Christian oriented talks about it being a, a reference to Jesus. Oh, okay. Okay. That's, that's one of, since Jesus is placed in the Davidic line. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, we also see uh, another, um, um, Oh, and in Hebrew, there is no capitalization. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, yeah. Well, completely up to interpretation. Just like this next question, there's also no uh, there's also no quotation marks. Uh, right. And in the next verse, uh, we have, uh, and this is the name by which he will be called, and then in quotation marks, the Lord is our righteousness. Is that a proper name? Uh, or like, because uh, you know how sometimes uh, Hebrew names have actual meanings uh, that are like, uh, meaning, you know, his name meant, the place where God knelt or, you know, something like that yeah. is that it is, what is the, what is the word there or is there, or is it just. Well, it's a very literal translation, which is always good, mm -hmm. but it, it literally means God, our righteousness. Okay. So it's not, it's not like a, a, a a name that that uh ended up being picked up and, and used for jewish people and you know naming kids right or, right not, no not one of those not one of those okay i just was kind of curious it was yeah. like uh you know yeah it, it would be considered very improper <laughs> and it shall be called matthias <laughs> yeah. okay all right that you can do um um so i, I guess let's take a step back then um Obviously, Jeremiah is criticizing uh, um, the corrupt kings, the kings, the hierarchy here, mm -hmm. um, and we're, you know, pretty well knee deep into uh, um, the book at chapter twenty three. Uh, what is is this a is that the ongoing complaint in Jeremiah, uh, or is this uh, kind of like a is sub chapter? <laughs> Okay, it, Jeremiah is very long, mm -hmm. over 50 chapters. Mm -hmm. So you know, this is less than the halfway point, and it is in a section that goes on for many chapters about um, terrible kings. Okay. And one of the things to keep in mind is how one of the underlying, sometimes overlying, themes within the Hebrew Scriptures is how... You people want kings, they always mess you up. Mm -hmm. But, and then God eventually gives them, says, okay, you get a king. Um, and then they mess up. And yeah. so another prophet comes along and says, do you get it yet? And I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not like Americans tend to romanticize royalty. Mm -hmm. And this mm -hmm. is the exact opposite. Gotcha. Of, um, Prophet saying, no, this is a really stupid idea that you guys keep running towards. Yeah. 
And yeah. God's trying to work with you on this, but what, what's the uh, never works? What's the what would be the, the the prophet's alternative as far as like how governance should work? Because uh... judges, okay, where you know there's the book of judges um, in the Hebrew scriptures, and it's when there's to use a modern term horizontal authority hmm. of multiple people rather than a pyramid with one or two folks at the very top gotcha and it and so you it's actually not that different from um how most americans see the best kinds of authority mm -hmm. of um having limits on it mm -hmm. they're not considered um all-knowing Mm -hmm. but instead just do their best to help people with the conflicts in their lives. Mm -hmm. And a lot of responsibility falls on individuals to make their ethical decisions. Mm -hmm. I can understand, uh, obviously, the, 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 um, the influences on Israel at the time. They're surrounded by right. kingdoms. Uh, that keep getting conquered by kingdoms by other kingdoms. So I can understand yeah. where the, uh, where, where the mindset is like, well, if we want to stop getting conquered, don't we kind of have to have what the, there, it seems to be working for the winners. Yeah. For them. <laughs> Even uh, though the losers also had kings. But yeah. Yes. That's yeah. completely their mindset. Yeah. And it would have been interesting if instead they, to use again, a modern image, they were Switzerland. Mm. Mm -hmm. And, um, we're neutral and say, you know, we are here as um, ambassadors to God. We want to tell you what we know of the truth because where they were situated wasn't that great. Yeah. I mean, there was a certain amount of trade that came through that territory, but it's um, really only when they, when the kings rose, the Israeli kings rose up to make trouble that any empire paid him any attention. Huh. Huh. Yeah. So, so the, the, the thought experiment there would be like, yeah, if you were just like, Hey, welcome tra yeah. weary travelers. Could we offer you a, you know, a place to stay on your mm -hmm. journey? And would the kingdoms have been like, yes, give me all of this. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Humanity is still pretty terrible. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not saying it would have worked, but um, that was the, like you said, the thought experiment that God kept suggesting. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, what else about this passage here? Uh, it is supposed to remind us of Jesus. Um, and work in the themes of Jesus as the model for leadership. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, well, then let's move on to our psalm reading for the day. Psalm 46, which I believe we have the whole psalm here. Uh, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Though the earth should change, though the mountains shake in the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble with its tumult, Salah. 
There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of the city. It shall not be moved. God will help it when the morning dawns. The nations are in an uproar. The kingdoms totter. He utters his voice. The earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge, Salah. Come, behold the works of the Lord. See what desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I am exalted among the nations. I am exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Salah. Um, so Psalm 46, I'll do the standard, like, do we have any historical context, knowledge of the author, when it might have traditionally been used, uh, uh, like, is it a spe in special services, or is it one of the kingdom psalm, uh, king psalms? It's, uh, it's considered a, a prophetic psalm. Oh, okay. Which are rare. Okay. Um, and it has connections with... The other books in the Bible, including um, Second Kings, Chronicles, and two other Psalms, forty-seven and forty-eight. Okay. So um, you know it's rattling around there with these prophecies, mm -hmm. and so scholars don't think it was used too often in worship. That that's um, it's it. <laughs> You can't tap your foot to it. <laughs> it's not ear catching. Got, it. Got um, it. But clearly, it was important for more for more modern Christians, and that is a relative term. Uh, Martin Luther loved this psalm. Okay. And so Lutherans sometimes call it Luther's psalm. Um, Got it. And what Luther emphasized was the. Um, was humanity finding their security in God rather than in anything else? Hmm. Um, what uh, there's a word in here that's very English in its translation, uh, uh, so I'm curious about the word totter. <laughs> <laughs> uh, whether like what the uh, what the translation is. Let's see what verse is that in. Uh, that is in verse six. The nations are in an uproar. The kingdoms totter. Okay, let me look. Here. <laughs> um, there are some words you can look at and just be like, yeah, that's good try, Brits. Not that it like probably not that it probably, you know, upends the, the meaning of the psalm in any way. I'm just kind of curious as to how, what the actual literal translation of the word might be. Yeah, it's interesting because in the Hebrew, it, I'm not, I'm not sure which word they it would be. It, I think someone really was going for the dramatic. Um, Us? No. <laughs> I mean, technically, totters okay. And, but the the simplest translation would be move or moved. Mm, okay. Um, but it could go as far as 
um, drop, um, to be greatly shaken, um, be overthrown. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the, the, in a sense, more conservative as in let's not take this too far is moved. The more um, still legitimate, but emotion-filled translation is totter. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It is interesting uh, imagery, the tail end of that uh, verse. He, he utters his voice, the earth melts. Yeah. Um, which is kind of cool. Uh, and, and then I also, I guess I also have a question about verse 8. Uh, because we, at first it seems as though like, oh, this is the part of the psalm where we take the, we veer left and it like, oh. it gets dark. Um, because it, um, we're talking about, you know, uh, um, God being in the midst of the city, it shall not be moved. He's bringing help with the morning dawns. And then we get into, come behold the works of the Lord, see what desolations he has brought upon the earth. Um, but the rest of the, uh, Psalm there uh, isn't it doesn't seem to really fit that line the desolations he has brought on the earth because the other lines are more like no 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 like he's like, war is ending and uh, 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 he makes wars cease to the ends of the earth he breaks the bow shatters the spear and burns the shields with fire that's the desolation okay destroying the weapons of war okay okay because yeah at first the line seems like oh yeah scorched earth policy right yeah and it's really no it's really like none of these the the tools of war uh are cast into the fire are no more yeah Yeah. and you know army kings invested so much into war that's a lot Mm. of wreckage gotcha 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 there's you know horses had armor chariots were you know all the mechanisms of war by this point were fairly well developed. Yeah. And so would leave okay. quite a mess when they were no longer in use. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. That's interesting then. Um, and again, it's one of these things where in Hebrew poetry, often you have to combine the adjoining verses to make sense of either one, really. Uh-huh. But yeah, that he makes war cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow, shatters the spear, burns the shields with fire. That's the desolation. Got it. Got it. Um, yeah, to, it, it definitely, and, and it doesn't contain that language of like being made anew. You know what I mean? Or like, oh yeah, it, it, the bow shall become, you know, the, 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 the gardening utensil or, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the spear shall become... Uh, oh. Yeah, or you know, prop shall shall become the tent pole that props up a, <laughs> you know, a house or you know something yeah. like that. Uh, it it's it is these these have no value here uh, and will not be not be used. Um, uh, so if it's if this psalm is prophetic in nature, and you said you uh, forty seven and forty eight are as well, like they're they're grouped together, the prophetic psalms. Um, when do we have any idea about around about when they were written and so therefore um if this was looking to an event in history that would we don't know when they're written okay um we can tell that as a psalm compared to other psalms it's medium late because of 
the literary references it's making to older psalms. Okay. So to make those references, those psalms had to have already been written. There's no way to know whether it was 90 seconds or 900 years. Right. Uh, presumably somewhere in between. <laughs> Solid thought. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so it's, yeah, it's a psalm that draws on older traditions of how gods behaved. Mm-hmm. Um, all three psalms are. And just as Jesus did in his teachings, twists it around to apply it only to the one true God. Got it. Got it. Interesting. Um, what else uh, about this this psalm here? Is, is there anything else that we're missing? Um, well, part of it, the first part, um, though the earth, therefore we shall not fear, though the earth should change, though the mountains shake in the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble with its tumult, those are actions in other non-Jewish holy texts would be attributed to different gods. Mm. And here it's all one God, mm, the one okay. true God. And God will be with us in the midst of that tumult. I am struck uh, by, we've talked many times about how the word Salah in, mm-hmm. in Psalm is like stage direction yeah. for like a pregnant pause or something like that. Yeah. Uh, so, as you're reading it, kind of a weird place to, to to put the pause in my in my personal opinion. Like you know, uh, though this should happen, though that, though this, though that. And here we go. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? It's like okay. <laughs> well, it is often. Yeah, it's supposed to be leaving on the edge of your seat. Yeah. Okay. All right. I got gotcha. you. Then uh, what? Yeah. <laughs> then what, <laughs> Rabbi? <laughs> Cantor, tell us more. There's yeah. a river. <laughs> <laughs> no, so we're not going back to the, the, the shaking and the sea and the foaming and the... <laughs> That's all been calmed by God and because the river now makes glad the city of God. Mm, mm-hmm. um, it's no longer a threat. Yeah, I suppose as as I've acted this out, uh, it, it actually does make a lot more sense than I was originally thinking. <laughs> yes, it does. Uh, maybe and maybe it's the way it was translated because using the the, the phrase "though this, though yeah. that," we're expecting like a response to like though this is these five things are happening, God is with us, mm-hmm. and it doesn't really work out that way in the translation as far as like here's the answer to those to, to all of those though it's it's it requires it requires more attention mm-hmm. um because yeah it switches from you know a river that's full of roar and foam to a river whose streams make glad the city of god it's this radical change mm-hmm. that would be really startling to people listening and so that pause in a sense cleanses their palate yeah and prepares them for something really different yeah it is it we we i, I as i'm reading it again for like the third time now uh i see that like 
our traditional literary style, uh, uh, it's backwards from the way it's written here in, mm -hmm. in the song. They put the, you know, we will not fear, which is the response to all these, those, mm -hmm. uh, they put that first yeah. and then we, and, but so like, or at least I do, I get that feeling of like all these terrible things building and then feeling as though there's no response, but there's, there's right. the calm statement, you know, we're not going to fear first, even because of this, even with that, even so it doesn't so much build as subside, I suppose, in the, in the, yeah. in the, in the reader. Well, sense. it does both. I mean, and that's part of non-Greek thought processes is you can have contradictory thing, con contradictory features simultaneously present mm. instead of the, the Greek A plus B equals C style of thought, Got it. Um, which affects a lot of our arts today. Yeah. We, we like, uh, we like very anticipatory patterns. <laughs> we love the linear. <laughs> Uh, well then, unless there's something else, we'll move on to the gospel reading. Alrighty. Uh, gospel of Luke. This might be the last time we read from Luke for a while. Uh, now that well, I think not about counting it. Christmas Eve, yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, Christmas <laughs> Eve. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it, it, yeah, it's the last time we have Luke, um, as a regular Sunday reading. Yeah. Um, for... Two and a half more years. So this uh, this one is Luke chapter 23, verses 33 through 43. When they came to the place that is called the skull, they crucified Jesus there with the criminals, one on his right and one on his left. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And they cast lots to divide his clothing. And the people stood by watching. But the leader scoffed at him, saying, He saved others. Let him save himself is he, if he is the Messiah of God, his chosen one. The soldiers also mocked him, coming up and offering him sour wine, and saying, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was an, also an inscription over him, This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who were hanging there kept deriding him, saying, Are you not the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other rebuked him, saying, Do not fear God, since you are under the same sentence of con Do you not fear God, since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? And we indeed have been condemned justly, for we are getting what we deserve for our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. He replied, truly, I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. Um, so this time around, reading this, uh, th this passage, uh, I don't remember if I've had this thought before but um i'm seeing like my mind is is connecting back to um the temptations of jesus he mm -hmm. gets tempted three times and here he gets encouraged three times to save himself which is in if he had listened would have been very much one of those temptations the the right. throw yourself off the the highest yep. peak of the temple and the angels will swoop down and save you and there'll be no you know, you'll be perfectly fine. You'll be perfectly fine. And there'll be no question as to who you are and why you're here. Right. Um, and, and likewise, in this instance, you know, step off the cross and, and now I'll believe. Yeah. 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 Uh, and so it is interesting. I think that there's, there's, uh, that, um, uh, similarity between the three, 
the 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 three times also represented uh in the you know the the three times that uh uh before the cock crows that uh, mm-hmm. that peter is is uh one of the holy numbers uh yeah yeah so it it's a it's a it's a good number it's a good it's a, it's a good uh um the rule of 3 but uh, so i don't know as if that's necessarily i am assuming that's in a way uh, uh luke's intention of of making very clear uh that that's just not going to happen it's not a one-off it's 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 very important uh i think to the to the writer to um reference this because he does it three times so yeah and it's it's one of the 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 key tasks of bible study is comparing the various crucifixion scenes because Mm -hmm. matthew mark luke and john all have it a tiny bit different sometimes significantly different and in mark and matthew jesus is very much um the innocent victim Mm -hmm. and relatively passive Mm. in luke he is able to dialogue with the other thieves um which isn't mentioned anywhere else Mm -hmm. in john luke um Jesus is essentially in control of everything that transpires and will keep telling people, don't worry, this is how it's supposed to be. Hmm. So here, this point of um, near the end of the passage we have for today, where the thief says, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. So he's the, the thief is quoting the vast, you know, the vast number of times that Jesus talked about the coming of the kingdom mm-hmm. and associating that with himself. So there, there's been all sorts of poetry and art and academic work on who was this thief that he was familiar with the teachings of Jesus and yet was identified in the, um, gospels as a thief. Right. Um, is it supposed to be a reminder to us that even if you know the Jesus stuff, you aren't automatically going to live a good life? Um, is it that the injustices of capital punishment under the Romans included not just Jesus, but right then and there, someone being mar- a Christian being martyred? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Lots, well, lots of possibilities. It does kind of stand out that, yeah, one would think that if this were, uh, oh, this is one of the Roman rules that we broke, fellow criminal, uh, that that maybe the reading would say something like, uh, rather than saying, like, we have been condemned justly, yeah. <laughs> uh, they would be like, you know, something to the tune of, like, none of this is fair. Right. <laughs> yeah. We all, we all should, you know. <laughs> Yeah, I stole an apple to say, to feed my family, uh, you know, something like that. Yeah, there is kind of an implication that he's like, no, this is the right call for you and me, bud. Uh, um, which, yeah, does then beg the question of like, yeah, who who is this person? Yeah, yeah, and and it's it is that um, poke at current Christians say who might not be taking seriously how they live their everyday lives 
of just just because you know the teachings of God doesn't mean you're automatically going to do them. Right. You still have complete free will to live your life for good or for bad mm -hmm. um, as you see fit. Um, I also want to spend, I, I guess, a little bit more time on these three temptations here. Uh, I should maybe, you know, temptation is the wrong word, but um, the leaders start by saying, hey, you're the Messiah of God. Um, uh, why don't you save yourself? And then the soldiers call him the king of the Jews. I'm wondering if there's like is it seems like the the there's it it seems like there's a slight difference between oh yeah what he's being um, encouraged to do. The Messiah of God would be very I, I would imagine very much the equivalent of throwing yourself off the peak of the temple yeah. and having God come and intervene. Yeah. King the of the Jews would be, is more kind of like a mock as far as like, I thought you were, I thought these people cared about you. Where are they? Why are they not rising up in rebellion and saving mm -hmm. you? That. Yeah. And you thought you were going to overthrow us. Yeah. Uh, look who has the spears um, about to go into your side. You right. Know? Is there is there any difference then between the third uh, the the third instance the one coming from the criminal who says are you not the Messiah is that is there any difference in connotation between the leaders who use the word the, the phrase Messiah of God and the criminal who uses the, the the phrase Messiah I don't think so I'm, I'll double check here here at our old Greek friend okay uh, I was just kind of curious if there was like all three were have slightly different um, meanings of, of right. like, hey, you should no, you should do this, you should do that, you should, you know, how come you're not doing this thing? Okay, the just to clear to reinforce how it is translated, the um, soldiers, um mock temptation is clearly a political mm -hmm. title mm -hmm. um, hmm. the okay the Leaders use the term Christ. Okay. Um, and just making sure. Yeah, and the Christ of God and God being the God. Mm -hmm. um, the favorite, the favorite of God. Um, let's see now I'm looking at the criminals and the criminal also uses Christ oh it's the same yeah okay I was, so was there's kind of curious if it yeah. was if it was like aren't you aren't you the one that all these texts were f foretelling and talking about how come it's not happening the way that it was? Weren't you supposed to be 
uh, two being, weren't you supposed to be like this big political figure or what's happening? And three, the criminal is like, aren't you like an important guy of some notoriety of any kind? Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So interestingly, both, both thieves have a theological understanding of who God, of who Jesus is in terms of their vocabulary. Okay. But it's similar um, to the leaders. It's the and the leaders who are are resp- uh, you know, mocking him mm-hmm. also have that similar understanding. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but the leaders, it, it's the okay. If that's who you are, do this. The f- first thief is if you are, you know, almost the same exact wording. Mm-hmm. If you're this do this and then the second thief is if that's who he is it's not up to us to tell him Mm, yeah yeah so that what's often called the repentant thief Mm -hmm. is out of all these figures all these characters is the only one who really gets what's happening um yeah and in a sense can appreciate the power of Jesus being willing to die, even though he is the Messiah, the mm. Christ. Mm. Um, and it, it ties in very closely to the very modern, not very modern, the very common modern um, faith journey where people will say, well, you know, I, I prayed so hard and God didn't give me what I wanted. So that proves there's no God. Got it. Um, it it's that this is what's happening in this scene. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Hmm. Uh, anything else about I mean, we, we it's it's a very familiar story. What do we what do we what do we miss? What are we not uh, aware of every time we read? Well, it? there's also it doesn't say who in this gospel, it doesn't say who wrote it. Mm. Um, but there's the inscription on Jesus's cross. This is the king of the Jews. And so there's another voice coming in. Uh, that's we don't we don't it's such a short phrase we don't know exactly who what the author was trying to say by it Mm -hmm. um yeah we don't know who wrote that inscription in this gospel yeah in other gospels it's Pilate is um yeah it's attributed to him yeah um i'm just seeing yeah and it's the that same title, same Greek word that the Roman soldiers use. Hmm. Um, so it's ironical that mm-hmm. it's there, and one of the themes, really, in every crucifixion story, all four of them, is the people there have no idea what's happening. Yeah, they're, they're getting it all wrong over and over, hmm. and by implication. We need to be a little bit humble because we probably would have too. And yeah. So today, are we overlooking when Christ is present and loving the world in unexpected ways? Hmm. Hmm. Well put. Well put. Well put. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, well, I think with that, uh, we'll come to a close. This your podcast for November twentieth, twenty twenty two, and. Uh, your year C, 
wrapping uh, up year C. Uh, and uh, we want to thank you uh, for for joining us uh, at this week and this year. Uh, on to year A. Uh, the cycle continues. <laughs> um, uh, we look forward to uh, worshiping with you. However you see fit, uh, um, if you're able to join us in worship in person, 8 and 10 o'clock on Sundays with a 9 o'clock uh, educational hour in between. Uh, 10 o'clock services online, uh, live at our YouTube channel, HFEC Videos, uh, but available if you're not able to, to, to make it uh, and watch right at 10 o'clock, available at any point in time uh, to, to go back and catch up. And uh, I've been Ben. You've been Ben Ben? I've been Ben. <laughs> I've been, been, been Bruce. <laughs> and we'll talk to you next year. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. <laughs>